Timothy tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and I appreciate all the music, and it's been good all day long, and uh, certainly the sweetest name I know is the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, what, a, what a Savior, what a God we have. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, I am going to uh, preach from perhaps the most well-known verses in this book, uh, verses 6 through 8 of chapter number 4. I preached from this particular passage of Scripture many, many times. I couldn't begin uh, to count or recall all the messages uh, that I have preached from these three verses. But I'm going to preach another one tonight. And uh, it will not be as one I've ever preached from this passage before. I look at it from a little different angle. But hopefully tonight will be a good reminder to you and I why we do what we do. I don't know if you ever need this, but sometimes I need a little motivation. Uh, sometimes I need to be reminded of what is important. And uh, you say, Pastor, well, I'm always ready to charge the gates of hell with a squirt gun. Well, I need to get on what you're on because I don't always feel that way. Um, and uh, you might be confusing the power of God with something else. And so, uh, but uh, I, I look forward to uh, these things. And, and part of uh, how we stay faithful is, is how we think and what we let come into our mind, the priorities, truths, principles. Uh, we all need guiding principles. And where do we get those? We get them from the Word of God. And so I, I trust that this will be a help to us tonight, and dare I say it, I do not intend to be short. And so, uh, no, I don't intend to be very long tonight, but please hear what I say this evening. It'll be a help to you. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Uh, Paul is getting ready to leave earth for heaven not from one city to another city. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Powerful words. Not everybody. Everybody who's saved is going to be in heaven. Everybody who put their faith and trust in Christ will be in heaven. But not everybody in heaven will be able to say what Paul said in that verse. Verse number 8. Henceforth, because of, the reason being, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me, all, give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. I want to focus in on verse number 8 this evening, and uh, the title of the message tonight is Motivation to Fight, Finish, and Keep. I think all of us could agree with Paul, it's important to fight the fight. It's important to finish the course. It's important to keep the faith. When we don't always think we're going to survive the fight, there's some motivation. When we get weary and say, I don't know if I can finish this course, there's some motivation. Keeping the faith. If you were going to die with the same beliefs that you start this Christian life with, you're going to need to keep focused on some things. Because temptation after temptation after temptation will come for you to set aside the faith at the, at the convenience of fellowship. Um, you know, Bible doctrine is what gets burned at the stake. 
Um, the watered down stuff doesn't get burned at the stake. Well, it's not always e easy. You know, doctrine divides churches. Doctrine divides families. Doctrine divides friends. Sometimes we say, bless God, we need to do it. It's not always that easy. But we need some motivation. Tonight we'll look at motivation to fight, finish, and keep. Father, help us as we consider these words that no doubt all of us have read many times. No doubt all of us have heard multiple messages preached from what is called often Paul's last words. Father, I've preached many messages. I've written books from this passage of Scripture. But tonight, I believe it will be a very practical help to all of us. May we look at these verses uh, with a fresh look this evening, allowing the Spirit of God <coughs> to speak to us specifically, uh, speak to us uh, purposefully. And Father, may we be willing to uh, follow His leading tonight. May we be reminded of the motivation we have. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. By way of introduction tonight, I'm going to make two statements. The first statement is this. Your race will one day come to an end. Paul speaks of a race in our text. He speaks of a race in, in other passages. But one day, just as his race came to an end, your race is coming to an end. My race is coming to an end. Yet the Lord calls us all home in that rapture. Our race is done right then and there. But if he does not call, we do not live and hear that trumpet sound. The day is going to come when you and I live our last day on this side of eternity. The race that God has given for us will be over. There will not be a, another lap to take. There will not be another mile to run. There will not even be another step to take in that race because the time, the purpose, what God has put us here, the days that God has put us here, it will come to an end. Just as Paul's race came to an end, your race and my race will come to an end. Statement number two, by way of introduction, everyone wants a crown. But not everyone is willing to do what is necessary to receive a crown. If we were to liken the life to a race as Paul does, everybody likes to win a prize. But not everybody likes to practice. Not everybody likes to do the things that nobody else sees in order to finish the race. Everyone wants a crown. Think about this. An acknowledgement of how you ran your race. An acknowledgement from the Lord Jesus Christ of how you ran the race, finished the course, fulfilled the life that he has given you. The thought this evening, I believe, if we were to go around the room and ask every individual here, uh, would you like to receive a crown one day? If you're honest and you're not completely out of your mind, you'd say, absolutely. I would love the idea of receiving that crown. Everybody wants a crown. Everyone likes the idea of a crown. But not everyone is willing to do what is necessary to receive a crown. I'm not so much as going to preach on this this evening, but it's a shame what Christians give up the crown for. Let me say that again. It is a shame what Christians give up a crown for. You and I could receive a crown at the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we allow things to get in the way. We, we won't set things aside from, from, from sin and things that we know hinder us to those stumbling blocks, to those weights that weigh us down in our race, it is a shame what Christians will forfeit a crown 
that they could have at the judgment seat of Christ what they will give that up for. I said by way of introduction, your race will one day come to an end. You and I need to be reminded of that. We say, Pastor, when I opened my eyes this morning, I was reminded. It's coming to an end, though. It's coming to an end. And then everyone wants to receive a crown, likes the idea of a crown, but not everyone is willing to do what it is necessary to do to receive that crown. Now, let me, let me say that uh, sincerity is not going to get you a crown. But, but willing to do what is necessary to get the crown will get you the crown. How, what, what is this motivation? We find it in verse number 7. Uh, verse 6, we say he's now ready to be offered. His race is coming to an end, just like yours and mine will one day. Paul says, I have fought a good fight. Paul fought the foul. Fight. How did he receive that crown? He fought the fight. If you, listen very carefully, if you were going to stay right with your God, you're going to have to fight to do it. If you're going to stay on your course, you're going to have to fight to do it. If you're going to have a marriage that is honoring to God, you're going to have to fight to do it. Not fight each other, but you're going to have to fight. Some of you are like, oh, we got that. If you are going to keep the devil away from your kids, you're going to have to fight to do it. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Now, I wrote a book on this, but I'll just mention he didn't fight the wrong fight. Some fights are good fights to fight. The problem is we fight fights we shouldn't fight, and we don't fight the fight that we need to be fighting as a child of God. He also said... I have finished my course. Think about this. I, I, I just can't get over this. God has a plan for my life. God designed a plan. And then he created me to live that plan. And not only did he do that for me, he did it for you as well. There is a plan that needed to be fulfilled. There's a life that needed to be lived. There are things that somebody would experience and do. And, and he created uh, each of us a plan for us to live. I say it all the time. I remind us again. He didn't create us and then make a plan for us. He had a plan. He said, I need somebody and you can, those of you that are parents, still rearing your children, and those of you who have reared your children, he said, I need somebody to be so-and-so's daddy. I need somebody to be so-and-so's mom. I need somebody, there's somebody that I'm going to use to my honor and my glory and it's going to make a difference in a city, going to make a difference in a town, and I need somebody to be their Sunday school teacher. I need somebody that one day will knock on their door and say, we'll bring a bus by and pick you up. I need somebody to fill their spot as an usher. I need somebody to fill their spot. We look at what God is, has given us to do as meaningless and, and menial. And friend, you need to be reminded that God has created a course for you. He created a course and he created you to do it. You cannot run my course. I can't run yours either. Paul said, I finished Peter's course. I finished 
James's course. I finished John's course. No, that's not what he said. I have finished my course. Friend, you and I are going to be judged on how we finish our course. He said, I've fought a good fight. I have finished my course. By the way, that's why God puts a, faithful, faith, a premium on faithfulness. Because it takes faithfulness to finish. Just finished. We, we, we look at these, uh, those that, that, that run in races and, and uh, those that uh, might be in some Olympic event and, and they stumble and they fall. Or they, are you looking three hours after everybody else finishes, they finally finish and, and they're made like a folk hero. Well, at least they finished and that inspiration. Friend, that can apply to our spiritual life as well. Finish your course. Then he says, I have kept the faith. The faith once delivered to the saints. The faith that Jesus Christ himself gave to Paul to propagate and defend. He didn't compromise it. He went to prison for it. He was beaten for it. He'd lose his life for it. He kept the faith. See, friend, everybody likes the idea of getting a crown. But you and I must find the motivation to receive that crown. If I'm going to get that crown one day, if you're going to get that crown one day, it's not just because we wish it to be. It's going to be because we were willing to fight the good fight, finish our course, and keep the faith. I said by way of introduction, your race will one day come to an end, just as Paul's did. Everyone wants a crown. Don't you want the crown one day? The crown of righteousness that Paul writes about in verse number 8? That's why he said he fought a good fight. That's why he said he finished the course. You think there were times Paul wanted to fight that fight? But he, but he knew there was a crown waiting if he did. You think there was times he said it's worth finishing? But there was a crown waiting. Keeping the faith? Hey, hey Paul, if you'll just compromise a little bit. But there was a crown waiting. Everyone wants a crown, but the question tonight is, are you willing to do what is necessary to receive the crown? I said before, at the very beginning tonight, I made the statement that everybody who trusts Christ as their Savior, everybody who is saved, will be in heaven. Isn't that a wonderful thought? But not everybody in heaven will receive a crown. Think about that. Now, not to have to go to hell and get to go to heaven, if it stopped there, sign me up. If that's all there is to it, I don't ever have to pay for my own sins. I don't have to go to that horrible place called hell. That's enough for me. I get to spend an eternity in that wonderful place called heaven with my Lord. I get to be there. That's enough for me. But you mean to tell me? That based on how I run my race, based on how I fight my fight, based on how I keep the faith that I can receive a crown at the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ that I can then give back to him and say, it's a picture of I live my life for you, Lord. I fought the fight for you, Lord. I kept the faith for you, Lord. And there's a tangible acknowledgement. Heaven would be enough without that. But I can have that as well. 
Let me give you the outline tonight, and I want you to think of these things. Very practical, and I won't spend much time on each point, but I want you to let them sink in a little bit. Number one, if we're going to find the motivation of the fight, finish, and keep, number one, live to impress the judge. Live to impress the judge. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Live to impress the judge. Don't live to impress the spectators. Too many Christians are more concerned about the spectators than they are the judge. If you, if you, if you, if you, you just, just took what, who many Christians, and sometimes we're tempted to try and appeal to, you would think that this world's the one giving out the crown one day. You would think society is giving out the crown one day. You think Hollywood's giving out the crown one day. Don't live to impress the spectators. Live to impress the judge. Because it is the judge who's giving the reward one day. It's the judge who's handing out the crown. You know what that tells me? The only person that I've got to please is the judge. I don't have to please this whole world. This world has no say in whether or not I receive that crown of righteousness. This world is not going to determine whether I fought a good fight. Matter of fact, this world is going to criticize the fight. This world is not going to determine whether or not I finish my course. Many times this world will say, what a waste of a life. Had so much he could have done, but he wasted on the things of the Lord. This world is not going to determine that, but the righteous judge is the one that's going to determine that. A, a, a religious survey is not going to determine whether or not I kept the faith. The judge is going to determine whether or not I kept the faith. Live to impress the judge. Don't live to impress the spectators. But also don't live to impress the other participants. Quite frankly, many times we get too involved in impressing those that we're running the race alongside of. How am I running my race? Well, the judge is the one that's going to determine that. Because sometimes we misjudge the race that somebody else is running. Well, if I had their race, then I would. You'd be faithful with your race. Don't live to impress the spectators. Don't live to impress the other participants. Live to impress the one giving the crown. Because that day when we are in the presence of our Lord, it matters not what this old world thought. It matters not because we got to be careful with this. Sometimes we look at another brother and sister in Christ, not even trying to be critical, but we look at it and say, well, they got to run their life a little different. But we don't know. God, we don't know the full purpose of why God put somebody on this, on this earth. We may think it was for somebody, something else, but as I, as I just described just a little bit earlier, God may, my, God may have said, I need somebody to teach this Sunday school class on this day because it's the only time this little boy, this little girl, this teenage young man, this young adult is ever going to hear a clear presentation of the gospel. And we may think God put them here for another reason, which, which could be part of their plan, but God put them here for that. And sometimes we look and we say, well, that race isn't very effective. 
If they finish their race, it impresses the judge. Live to impress the judge. That right there, that right, right, that right there will help you. Live to impress the judge. At teenagers, you get older, don't, don't worry about what this world says. It's about what the Lord says. You young adults, I hadn't preached at you in a while. You go out and you have the pressure of this world on you to conform, conform, conform. This old world ain't deciding whether or not you finished your course. This old world isn't deciding whether or not you fought the good fight or you kept the faith. Don't live to impress this world. Don't live to fit in. Don't live to get along. Live to impress the judge. One day, there's crowns of righteousness given out. One day, Jesus is going to acknowledge faithfulness for him. That's who you ought to live to impress. Statement number two. Heavenly records are eternal records. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. Paul seemed very confident when he wrote that. I'm going to depart this life. The time of my departure is at hand. I'm leaving this world to go to the next. And because I have fought a good fight, because I have finished my course, because I have kept the faith, there is a crown that shall be given me. Why could he have so much confidence? Because heavenly records are eternal records. You may forget what you do for God, but there's a record in heaven that, that records it. You may think that there was nothing to show for, for, for you showing up in your place week after week after week. You may think there's nothing to show for the fight that you fight, uh, the, the course that you, you try and fulfill. And you just see all the times that you stumbled and, and all the things that you, that you didn't do. But there's a record in heaven that is eternal. And Paul said, it shall be given me. Listen very carefully to me. What you do for God is eternal. What you do for God is eternal. You may do something for somebody else. You may be faithful in your post. And it may seem like nobody else remembers it. Heaven records it. And let me help some of you tonight. You, you, you're not as swift as you used to be. What you did 30 years ago for the Lord is still being recorded, is still recorded in heaven. Because heaven's records are eternal. Well, you think about that. You know what that tells me? That tells me every, every opportunity I get, I'll do something for him. Well, nobody said thank you. That thank you's coming. Well, I lived and died, and, 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 and it just seemed like there was no acknowledgement. That thank you's coming. How many through the centuries, how many dear saints of God have lived and died and the people around them had no idea of the greatness of the life they lived? Well, let me tell you where the record is very clear. It's in heaven. And friend, if you run your race for the spectators, you'll not finish. If you run your race comparing to the other contestants, you'll not finish. But if you run it for the righteous judge and be reminded that there is a reward in heaven and there is an acknowledgement of what we have done, heavenly records are eternal records. I often, as the pastor, I 
think of myself, and I'm very appreciative. I know, I know I'm not aware, and I don't acknowledge everything that this church does for the cause of Christ. Every individual. But I promise you, I do take a mental inventory, and as I pray for the people of this church, and I thank the Lord for the people of this church, and sometimes I think of, man, how can I, how can, how can I, how can I show them that I'm grateful for their, 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 their faithfulness? How can they really get the true acknowledgement of serving the Lord? And friend, it's not humanly possible. You can say thank you. You can pat on the back. I appreciate you. But it's not going to be rewarded until we get to heaven. That leads me to number three. Don't live for today, but live for that day. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Don't live for today. Live for that day. Just like I said, first of all, you run your race for the judge. Don't live for today. Live for that day. I'm, I'm going to spend my best years. You're not living for today. You're living for that day. Well, the, the sacrifices that were made, were you living for today or are you living for that day? And the reason, Christian, you, you apply this as it needs to be applied. If you're unwilling to full surrender, you're unwilling to make sacrifices, you're unwilling to give your life completely and wholly to Him, you're living for today. You can do what you want to do today. You can hold back on the Lord today. You can say, it's my course. It's my race. I'll run it how I want to run it. You can do that. See, Pastor, how do you feel about that? I'll still love you. I'll still pray for you. I'll still, I'll still be your pastor. I'll still be your friend. I'll do everything I can do for you. But let me tell you, you're living for today. And you're going to do what you want to do today. And God's going to give you that opportunity to do it. And, and you, can, you can get accolades from the spectators. And you can get applause for the other, from the other participants. But friend, if you live for today, your reward is today. It's not for that day. Then there are those who say, Lord, whatever you want from my life, Whatever you want from the days I have, whether you, you have the privilege of growing up in a Christian home and hearing the gospel at a young age, or whether or not you are, you're well into adulthood before God snatched you out of the gutter of sin and set you on the course that you're on to serve Him, whatever days you have, don't live them for today. Live for that day. You watch award ceremonies or you watch trophy presentations there are those who would say, man, if I'd have worked a little harder, maybe I could have. You know, I, I, I could have ran the race that fast, but I like cheeseburgers too much. I didn't say tacos because y'all would mock me. I just, I just, yeah, well, they got up early every day and, and ran and, and trained and did all those things, but I got my rest. I feel, I feel better. I didn't have to put myself through that. Well, you enjoy your day. You can. And there will be some enjoyment to it. And you will be in control of it. 
But friend, let me remind you what I said right out of the gate in the introduction. The time will come and your race is over. The time will come and every, the opportunity you had to do something for that day will no longer be available to you. The time you had to lay up treasure in heaven will be behind you. You can't serve God's people in any capacity any longer. That call in your heart that you left unfulfilled, no longer can you even think about doing that which you felt the Lord impress upon you to do. Those individuals that God impressed upon your heart to be a witness to, 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 to sacrifice your life and say, God, I'm going to use my life, the one life you've given me to serve you, you'll no longer have those opportunities. Yes, your retirement fund might be bigger. Yes, you might can say, I've got all these experiences and, and I've been able to do all of these things and I've got this great career and this great life. And by the way, God is good to us in spite of us. Don't mistake the goodness and long-suffering and blessings of a good God with, with, with you finishing your course and running your race. You can do all those things. You can have all these things to show. Uh, the world can record your biography and, and put all of these accolades there. But friend, that day's coming. And if I got to be empty-handed, I don't want to be empty-handed at that day. If I've got to be back to the line and not have something to show, it's not on that day that I want to have my hands empty and have nothing to show. It's on that day when Paul would stand before his Lord and his Lord say, I know, Paul, that you saying you love me was not just lip service because you finished the course I created for you. You didn't use your past as, a mistake, as, as an excuse. You didn't use the, the adversity as a reason to change course. Don't live for today, but live for that day. I don't know why, why some people would do that, because they're not living for today. But why would God give me all this talent and ability if he didn't want me to use it? He does want you to use it. He just doesn't want you to use it for you. He wants you to use it for him. I say this often too many times. We live in a day when, when so many things are at our fingerprints. Young, young adult, teenager, young man, young lady. Don't let the American dream get in the way of you finishing your course. Live for that day. Mom and dad, there's going to be, as you grow in the Lord, there's going to be adversity come. There's going to be conflict come. You're going to have to determine whether or not you fight the fight. You keep the faith. You finish the course. Say, Pastor, what, 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 what helps you? Other than you just live a problem-free life and you, you just live an easy life. Well, other than that, what motivates me, I'm not living for today. I'm living for that day. I'm not living for to impress those sitting in the cheap seats of the bleachers. Matter of fact, how do you even hear what they're saying? My focus is on that day, number four. Look with me at the end of verse number eight. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Man, let me just stop right there again. That just gets me again. When, you, when, you, when, you, when you're having a hard time getting going, just remind yourself, it's not that day yet. It's not that day yet, but that day is coming. And not to me only. Paul's getting it, but he says, it's not just me. Well, who else is it? But unto all them also that love his appearing. Well, who are those that love his appearing? Those that look forward to his coming. And if you're looking forward to his coming, you look forward to the day when your departure is at hand and you enter into his presence and the Lord himself escorts you into eternity. When you live for that day, when you live for that, you're going to determine to finish your course. You're going to determine, i got to keep the faith because I'm looking for him. I can't can't compromise in my belief and doctrine because Jesus is coming. I'm going to be in his presence one day. I can't give up. I can't quit the race that he's created me to run. I can't not finish the course. Well, I served for 30 years. And thank God, I've already pointed out, what you do is, is recorded in heaven forever. But that's not finishing. Finish your course and you keep your focus on that day and that opportunity, them also that love his appearing. Number four, registration or enlistment is open. It's not too late for you to get in a race if you're not already in it. Finish the race. Fight the good fight. Finish your course. I, I, there's, there's people in this world I don't understand. I don't understand people who like to run. I'm going to go for a run. You want to come? No. It's fun. Really? You really have not experienced much of life, my, my, my opinion. I love it. Boy, it clears my mind. Oh, when I go run, I just think about not dying. I don't understand it. I just do not understand it. We, we, this past week, I had the pastoral staff away for a few days, and one night we were all sitting around talking, and somehow running came up. And I'm looking for her. She's Mrs. Bethany French. Piped up. She does talk. There she is. And I think she said a statement kind of like this. Well, if you ever see me running, you can assume there's a bear chasing me. <laughs> so, you know, how many of you can relate to that statement? Right? Okay. But if I'm going to enter a race, I'm going to finish it. I don't have to be first. But I'm going to finish it. And notice the wording of the scripture, and not to me only. You know what that means? That means there's more than one winner. Well, who wins? All them also that love his appearing. Oh, Paul lived centuries ago, and he finished his course, and he fought the good fight, and he kept the faith, and he got the crown. If I'd only been born earlier, then I could have got it. You, you can still get it. 
because there's only one goal, and it's finishing. It's the fight. It's the faithfulness. It's our motivation. Not to me only, but unto them also. Think about it. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, the judge, determining you've done well in your race. You know, as Paul says, he fought a good fight. It doesn't say he won every round. It doesn't say he never took a shot. It doesn't say he never got knocked down. But he fought a good fight. How did he fight a good fight? Because he finished his course. Nobody knows if he set records in the time he set, and he finished his course, but he finished. He kept the faith. Well, if you are here this evening and you can think of a time when you were in the race and you've kind of sat down on the sidelines, why don't you decide to get up tonight, get back in the race? If you've been distracted by the things of this world determined to finish your course, there is no greater life than serving God. We make statements like that and we hear that and then sometimes we compare to the struggles and the trials that a Christian faces and we say that just doesn't measure up. Well, you're living for today and not that day. And I remind you that the Bible reminds us that everybody has difficulties. But you know what should be our motivation? I got to finish. Because there's nobody else that can finish my race. Parents, there's nobody else that can be the parents of your children. They can, as I preached last week, they can have a pastor who's determined to preach the word of God, who's determined to pray for them, who's determined to shepherd them. But what they see in your home, they've got one mama, they've got one daddy. It's your opportunity. That area of service that you, that you serve in, there's nobody else that can do it. There's nobody. Well, I can't do it as well as somebody else. It's not about somebody else. It's whether or not God has chosen you to fill that spot, chosen you to serve him. We don't always feel motivated. What gives us motivation? Oh, the righteous judge. One day, I can get a crown. One day, I can hear him say, well done. One day, if I just finish. What an example Paul left for you and I to say, I finished. The time of my departure is at hand. Friend, the time of our departure will come. And what matters is whether or not you know the Lord. You know your sins are forgiven. You know where your eternity is. But we like the idea of a crown. Everybody likes the thought of having a crown. The question is whether or not you're willing to do what is necessary to get it. 
I believe Paul was a brilliant man. But these words, this challenge has nothing to do with his intelligence. It has nothing to do with talent. Quit using as an excuse of what you don't have. Use what you do have. Because it's what God has given to you. If you didn't have the privilege to grow up as, as many of these children have, and young people and children don't take for granted the opportunity you have to grow up in a Christian home, to be taught the things of, of God from a young age, to be kept from the filth of this world. But maybe you don't have that testimony or you got away from it. Friend, finish your course. Finish. Well, that's the challenge of you and I tonight. I don't know when my time of departure will come, but I know it will come. Pastor, what do you want people to say about you? Well, I don't know that I can control what people say about me except for I'd like for them to say, he finished. He finished. I don't know if I'll live to be an old man. If it's the way I feel, I'm already there. I don't know how long of a life God gives me, but every second he gives me, every day he gives me, I want to be pursuing, pursuing. Pastor, why do we sacrifice like we sacrifice? Because we're not living for today. We're living for that day. Father, help us as we consider these truths. May we be reminded tonight that we are to live to please the judge.